Let us read um, Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 through 23. This is a long verse. That, <coughs> that one of the longest verses that we, uh, we have today. Um, before we read, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing blessing of giving us salvation. Although we do not deserve all these blessings, 2,000 years ago you came down on earth because you don't want heaven without us. And you came and you gave everything for us, your life. We thank you, Lord. And I pray that you bless upon our heart. Open our eyes, open our ears, and open our um, sight so that we can see who you are and believe that Jesus is the Christ and Son of the living God. There is only one name that can set us free from bondage of sin and death. That name is Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We praise you and honor you. Satan, you are a liar and deceiver, and I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out of this place. Get out of our heart. Get out of our thought and mind. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And amen and amen. Let us read uh, Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 through 23. If I may give you a little bit of background. This took place when Joseph was... Uh, put it into jail because he was accused um, of something that he didn't do. And right after he was put it in jail, uh, there were two guys. There was one of the highest officers in Egypt. One of them was a person who was in charge of taking care of all uh, drinks and um, wines and stuff like that because at that time wine is considered as part of normal drinking because think about that the water is con contaminated and so it's a wine back then is not the wine that we're thinking about alcohol we're thinking about right right now but it is has alcohol if you consume too much you can be drunken okay? another guy who was thrown into jail at the same time was who's in charge of food, okay? Bible says as a, he's a, in charge of, you know, bake, he's a baker. But you can think of it as a chef. I don't know why these two guys were thrown in jail. Bible does not describe it fully, but uh, he, they totally offended the king, Pharaoh. So they are thrown into jail, and they had a dream, the story says, and both of them had the same similar dreams, but it, but Joseph gave different interpre interpretation. And Joseph asked these two officers, "When one of you, when when you are set free, please remember me so that I can get out of this jail." Okay, that's basically the story of today's scripture. And the title is. It's a very big word, communication and being considerate. Okay, the two other, one of two other main um, uh, the characteristics that that you can apply in life, at work, home, school, jobs, and wherever you go. Be a communicator, effective communicator, and be a person who is gentle and meek, 
and be able to uh, 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 look upon, look up by others by being considerate. There are a lot of ruthless people, arrogant people in this world. Nobody wants arrogant person next to you. So how can we be a very considerate person? Why? People will need to come to us and receive the gospel. If you are too arrogant, nobody's going to like you. Even though you have the gospel, they're going to say, well, I'm not going to be around that guy because he's too arrogant. And another word that we need to pay attention is Communication and change. Okay? That's one of the uh, topics of today. So let us read the, the Bible verse first and then we can go over that. So let us read. Just bear with us and follow this scripture. Okay? Everybody read together. Let's go. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dream. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. The Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand, and this is what it means. Joseph said to him, The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, as you, just as you used to do when you were in his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. And I was forcefully carried off from the land of Hebrews. And even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in, in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. 
This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and impale your body on the pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officers, and he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officers. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Okay. Do not go deep into the what three days or you know what it means of one person being set one officer got being set free from the prison, another one was actually he was executed in a crucial manner. Okay. Here's the uh, uh, thing about today uh, in, 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 in history and, and what, what um, day and age that we're living. There are two things that uh, that never changes. Number one, people live and die. And as we live, we cannot live by ourselves, right? We have a community. We have a people around us. And it's a blessing that God has given us. A lot of people that we uh, touch them, we meet them, when uh, we cross uh, each other every day. And a lot of people, about 80 plus percent of people that you come across each day, they do not know who Jesus Christ is. And it's the greatest opportunity that, that God has given us. Why? Because we have seen and received who Jesus Christ is. Now, um, I have um, um, attended one of uh, interesting um, uh, training last week it was I think it's very timely um, and it, it was very uh, effective for me it's about changing embracing the change okay? life is full of changes okay? and the title says how do you change the world what kind of method do we use to change the world okay? if you don't change you will conform to the change of this world. I came to this, uh, this country uh, almost 40 years or 42 years ago. The United States 40 years ago and United States now is quite different. It's totally different. Back then people respect, they're gentle, more kind, they are God-fearing people more than now. Nowadays, the love is, we're seeing a society that's a lack of love. More crimes, more cruelty. The level of crime that I see is just 
I mean, it's uh, totally uh, unspeakable. People bring guns, and uh, in Japan, they bring knives and then stab people, not just one, but 20, 30. I'm talking about schools. Some mentally disturbed person bring a knife to school and killing children. First grade and second grade children has nothing to do with his his life. In America, we we see frequently that people bring automatic weapons and then spraying. And there's this is going on and on and on. If we do not change, if this culture and this trend does not change, it's going to affect you and me. Right now, it does not affect I have not personally experienced that, but we're seeing this very getting closer and closer to us. How do we change that? How do we stop this? We need to have strength. Either you lead or you just follow them. That's the nature of life. Either you lead them or you have no choice but to follow them. Which way? What are the choices you have? What what do you want to do? The life is full of changes. You know? I'm going through a full of change in my life. (laughs) And you are too. Why? Because you are entering a new schools, some of you, from elementary school to junior high school. Some of you have changed schools. You, have may, you may have moved to another uh, the, the place. Or some of you are meeting totally different new friends. Okay? All the things that you have done in the past in school, just mentally and, and uh, erase that, okay? You have a new beginning. Start a new life, okay? I don't care what kind of grade you had in the past. Forget about that. This is a new race, new game. Okay? What you do from this point on, it matters. Okay? What you have done in the past, yeah, it's a foundation, but the grade you have made, A, B, doesn't matter. Okay? Start a new race. New race. Okay? And say to yourself, I'm going to do better this year. I'm going to study hard. Okay? Grade, I said that last few weeks, the grade does not matter. I'm not talking about grade. I'm talking about study. Your habit. Your foundation. Build up your foundation. Okay? Education is, is one of the most important things in your life. Not the grade. But if you build up your education well, the grade will follow. But don't dwell on the type of grade you have. Okay? It, it's not who you are. The grade is not who you are. Change is coming. Okay? It changes everywhere and it's inevitable. There's one place that there's no change. Do you know where that is? Huh? Cemetery. Go to cemetery. 
It's very quiet. No changes. But as you live on this earth, as you breathe, there's going to be change. Don't be surprised by the change that you're going to be seeing. And it says that I, I, some of the, uh, the quotes that I have, you, you'll be thrown with some numbers. It came from the, uh, the training that I came from. But I thought it was very effective because I was looking at that as a spiritual perspective. Okay? So it can help us. So wherever you go, you go through training and you go through education at, at school, don't just mindlessly listen to that. Okay? Focus. Put spiritual antenna up, okay, and look at it in a spiritual way, and you will learn a lot, and you will learn in different way. There are some subjects that you hate, right? You do not like, say, math. You do not like English. You do not like uh, biology or whatever. But change your attitude, okay? And look at it in a spiritual way. Why is this? Always ask yourself when the, there's a lecture is coming. Why? Why is this? Okay. Put some interest in the subject that, that you are studying. Okay. Ask always, what if? Or why? Why is he saying that? Why, why is that true? Is that true? Then jog jot it down and, and, and Google it and or you know research. Okay? Change is everywhere and inevitable and there's a formula that, that it was given. Okay? E R O okay event problems accidents stuff happens every day. That's what event is. Okay? The world is dashing and you know dashing toward you 100 miles an hour. Event changes whatever happens to you every day. And there is always an outcome as a result of event. But the issue is what is our attitude? What is your response? Okay? And I'm a, a type of person that when I was young, I was not like that. But I have a tendency, my wife is smiling. She knows me the most. My mother does not know me as much as my wife. But I, I have a, now have a tendency to just dwell on not changes. I'm not comfortable with changes around me. But I learned this. Change is inevitable. Inevitable. It's happening every day. It's our attitude toward the change makes the outcome a total difference. Okay? What kind of attitude do you have? What kind of response do you have? Okay? When you listen to the message, it's your attitude matters. Ah, I cannot do it. Oh, that's the story of Joseph, but it does not apply to me. Then nothing's going to happen to you. 
Oh, God says this? Okay, that only happens to that. That should be applied to this person and that person. Then nothing's going to happen to you. Have a positive attitude toward the uh, stuff that's coming at you. Event, the problems. You know, problem is not a problem. That's what I, when I attended that training, I replaced that event with a problem. Life is full of problems. Okay? They're throwing 100 miles an hour to you. The problem comes. Some of them, you just leave it alone. 80% of the problems that we perceive that's coming to us, it's not a problem. It's not something that, it's not for you to handle. It just pass through. Leave that alone. Out of 20%, about 15% you cannot handle. That's where you need to ask God to help you. To be wise, to make a correct decisions. Okay? 80 to 90% of problems, just leave it alone. It's going to pass by. But you only deal with 20%. And out of 20%, around 15%, you cannot solve it. Why? We're just human beings. We cannot solve all the problems. Only 5% of problems that are coming at you. It's just something that you need to address. You are capable of addressing. Okay? That you need to pray and work hard and, 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 and face it. Life is full of problems. Event problems is coming at you. What is your attitude toward that? Okay? Have a positive attitude. That's my uh, issue that I need to resolve. Having a positive attitude rather than pessimistic, negative attitude. It has to do with the way y'all are growing up in a way. If your parents are kind of pessimistic and negative, then it will affect you and and for the rest of your life, you're going to live in that kind of thinking. I was growing up in a uh, in the environment. My my mother was very worrying person. So she, for example, if she get a stomach, she think ahead. Oh, what if this is a more different problem? What if I have a cancer? What what happen if I if I die? Oh, she she have a stomach ache. Now she's thinking about cancer and then dying. What's gonna happen to my children? How am I gonna do that? I'm, gonna, I'm not knocking down my mother, but the uh, thinking, okay, that we just worry about too many things in, in advance. It was just a bad, greasy, fried chicken she ate the, day, the night before that causes stomach ache, okay? But she's thinking about cancer and dying and how can I let my children live in a safe environment? As a result of that, I've seen it. People say that's a spiritual problem. I don't say that that's a spiritual problem, but that's an environmental problem, psychological problem that I was living and growing, and it's I was surrounded by that kind of thinking, and still I am bound by that. Okay, I hope you do not leave that kind of thoughts and behavior and habit. To your next generation. Why? 
you're causing your next generation the same problem you are having. It's a passing down a problem to next generation. Okay? You call that spiritual problem? Okay, if, they, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But this is the problem that we're doing it for our next generation and to us. Okay? What is your attitude toward the problems? Have a positive attitude. Okay? Now, you cannot control this one. But you can control your attitude. Isn't it? You want to have a different outcome come out? You cannot control event. Life is full of events and problems. You cannot control that. But you can change your attitude. Then outcome will be totally different. Okay? And I, uh, I mentioned that Elder Boyle. And many times, I, I, it's just ringing my, my ears. Even today, 문제 없어요. He says that. 문제 없어요. Says problem is not a problem. Okay, it's our perception. If we see that as a problem, it is a problem, big problem. Okay, but if you see the stuff that coming at you is not a problem, it's not a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because God is with us. God is in control. He's our Father. He has a responsibility to take care of you and me. He promised that in the Bible again and again and again. No one can snatch you and me out of God's hand. His firm grip is on you and me, my life and your life. Even though we feel like we are surrounded by and cornered, okay? Take courage. Have no fear. Why? You are with God. The Almighty God who created the universe is with us right now. He's in you. Okay? That's what Emmanuel is all about. With you. God is with you. Should not we shouldn't fear, okay? Next word that that that, that I uh, found was communication. Communication is very important, okay? God has given us mouth so that we can speak, sing, and praise, and also we God has given us the communication. So that's why He has given us ears. If we he gave given if he had he given us only the mouth, boy, what a disaster this world will be. Everybody will be talking, but they will, will not be listening, right? Communication is two two things. You talk and be calm and shut up and listen, right? Communication is two way things. If you continuously say that's a speech. That's not a communication. It's one way. Right? God has given us precious organs so that we can listen, we can put it in our heart, and after that we regurgitate and speak. 
communication is the key. And some of the statistics says that 63% of our problems is because of the communication in the home, in school, and in church, in government. The problem that we're facing right now is because of either lack of communication or incorrect communication. Why? Another stat says there are three ways to communicate. One is through word. Only 7% we communicate through word that we speak. 38% it's through I was shocked but it is true. It's the, the type of voice that we use. In other words, tone. Okay? The tone causes a lot of people to misunderstand. Okay? Very important. And, but 55% of Communication is through nonverbal. Okay. What does that mean? People do not use the word. They assume body language. They assume just because that you you wink something, they they oh man, that person may probably like me. Oh, you know what? This is a funny story that <coughs> I went to. Uh, when I first came to America, uh, I uh, went to I, I, I lived in Brooklyn, New York, for about ten months, <clears throat> and I had to uh, I attended I graduated high school in Korea and then and and I went to twelfth uh, grade, and um, I went to class. It was full of Italian, Jewish, Russian Jews and a little bit of Chinese, a couple of Chinese kids in class, and the, the, there was, I was sitting in, uh, uh, in, in a table, and then there were, there's, I don't know which class, but the, there was a girl right behind me, okay, and I, I had the, uh, the glasses made, okay, and it was kind of roundish glass, and I, I wore that and I went to school. And then the girl behind me kept on looking at me. So wow, I don't know why. And because imagine that you don't speak English at all, and I, I don't know English, I cannot communicate in English. And she approached me, and I said, well, I like your glasses. You know what happened? Boy, I thought. Tell me about my my mom. My mom. She progressively thinking into the next stage, right? <laughs> I had the, the same problem. I thought that she loves me. <laughs> oh man, and I was thinking about her many times, but she was just making a comment that, oh, I like you. I didn't know American culture. People say, oh, I like your, you know, your shirt, and I thought that she loves me. Boy, boy, I was totally wrong. I was disappointed. <laughs> she doesn't. She didn't talk to me afterward, though. <laughs> so, communication is very important. We miscommunicate each other, right? 
And the tone of our voice is very important, especially husband and wife respect one another. And a lot of times we say, I thought you knew. I thought you, you already knew what I wanted. We do not. Men, especially when you deal with men, men is very ignorant. It's just like that they do not understand at all in, ter- in, in communication. You have to tell them, literally, step one, step two, step three. Otherwise, do not ad- assume anything. Okay? Because they do not know anything. They cannot think. I cannot think. I, I should not say they. Men do not think much beyond what was given. Think about it. We are ruled and governed and educated and, and, and raised by women. I'm talking about men. The moment we are born, the mom, the female, nurtured them. What does mom do? I always say, do this and do that. Don't do this, don't do that. So they were grown in that environment for 20-something years. Mom always nagged, especially the moms that, that, that speaks a lot and, and nagging. Boy, you cannot think out of the box, right? You were told what to do. There is no imagination, no uh, you know, think out of box, that kind of capability in, in, in that boy's mindset. Why men is not as creative as, as women? It's because of that. They were told what to do. Study. Go to, go to bed. Okay? They were instructed to do many things. So they cannot function well. Now they start dating. And the girl you know, is dominating. Okay? Girl decides where to meet. Where to have date. The boy, they're afraid of making decision you know let's meet here and there they always ask where would you like to go you know it's not polite they were afraid they were afraid to making a wrong decision so that's why where will you which restaurant would you like to go it's not like you they're being polite and gentle because if they make a mistake they go they knew they they're going to be punished okay so they start dating and then then later on, they, would you like to marry me? Hey, back then, the men in, in old days, back then, men says, we're going to marry. But nowadays, would you like to marry? <laughs> they cannot make a decision. Right? Now they got married. And then the, the men in America is very, I mean, I mean, they're poor. I mean, they are sad. After they they finish work, they have to come home. Otherwise, there's a tiger and lioness waiting at home. Where'd you go? Well, I went to groceries. I told you to come home right away. Right? So, man was brought up by different women. Okay? At stage, by mom, girlfriend, and wife. So they cannot make decisions. Okay. So when the the wife says, "I thought you knew," but without being told what to do and what that is, they would not know. Oops, what did I do wrong? <laughs> you don't know what you did wrong. 
Go back to the corner and think about it and come back when you realize what you did wrong. Okay? That's what the, basically Kyoani, uh, those people who are not married, be prepared. Okay? I'm telling you. Okay? This is fact of life that I learned after uh, being a single person and being uh, married for so many years. This is, I mean, I'm not the only one living like this. Okay? Don't, don't look at me like, oh, Elder Choi is living a, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but all men are like that in this world. Why? Because we are nurtured by mom and women. Okay? So communication is, why, why am I saying that? Why, why, why am I saying that? I'm saying that you need to communicate each other verbally and clearly, especially to men. Instruct them. Tell them one, two, three, four. Otherwise, they would not know how to think beyond. Okay? Do not say, I, I thought you knew. Do not assume anything, but communicate. Verbal communication is very important. Okay? If you want to have a happy life, tell each other how much you love you, how much you love your, uh, another, your, your spouse, your friend. Okay? Communicate. Verbal communication is very important. That's why Jesus Christ is a great communicator. Take a look at the first four books of New Testament. There are a lot of things that Jesus Christ said in detail. How do we change the world? Number one, Know that God is with us. Know that He walks with us. He did not leave you as an orphan or He didn't say, well, now I, I saved you. Do your best to live in this world. No, He didn't say that. He says, I will be with you. Even to the end of the age, I will be with you. Okay? The first thing if you want to change the world, you have to have this. You have to have Jesus Christ in your heart. With is very important. You know, Isaiah chapter uh, 7, seven fourteen. The virgin will be with child. In other words, the virgin will be conceived with the child. Okay? It's a miracle. You cannot have baby by yourself. That's just fact of life. But Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit without man's effort. Okay? And his name will be called what? Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 7, 14, what does that Emmanuel mean? It says, God with us. And this is the word that I want to speak to you. Okay? God with us. It's not just simply God with us. His name, remember. Remember that the text, His name will be called God with us. Emmanuel. What does that mean? His name is God. Okay? Who is being with us. That's what it means. Okay? He is God. And He is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. He is God. 
you know, we got separated from God. We had a, one of the biggest problems in this world. That is a spiritual problem. We got separated from God. Why? Because of sin. And we became slaves to Satan. And until that problem is resolved, until that root cause of all the problems are resolved, we're going to have problems every day. The Bible says this problem will continue until Jesus Christ comes back on earth. So that's why in the, at the beginning, don't be surprised if there is a problem. There is an event, there is an issue coming at us. Why? Problem is inevitable. As long as there is Satan, we're going to have a problem. But take courage, Bible says, because God is with us. Amen? And it, it was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Jesus Christ came into this world and fulfilled promise that, that He's going to be with us physically, not only physically, spiritually. Okay? And keep on remembering that not only He is with us, He's walking with us and through this life's journey. Okay? We are heading, uh, we are on the spiritual journey until death. We're not by ourselves. We're not walking through that spiritual journey by, by our, ourselves. We're not alone. God is with us. Okay? And as we live, we need to understand His desire and His will. What is His desire? What is God's desire? His desire is He wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of, of the truth. The truth is in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay? There is only one way to God. There is only one way to experience the truth. There is only one way to have eternal life. That is only through Jesus Christ. Amen? If there are many ways, I get confused. I'm, I thank God that God has given us only one way. That is through Jesus Christ. We cannot save ourselves. Why? The problem that we're facing is greater than what we can do. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why God, who is being with us, came to us to set us free. Why is the Bible written? It is written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ and Son of the living God. And by believing, we may have everlasting life. That's the reason that Bible is written and given to us. Not for study, not for educational purposes, not for just discussions and forums, not just intellectual level of discussion, but for you and me to receive and believe Him so that we can be saved. Amen? I know some of you may not have the maturity to understand 
this spiritual level. But don't play game of religion. I did that. I, it was my grave mistake. I attended church because I was instructed to do. Come to church. Otherwise, I will be spanked. Okay? That was the atmosphere, spiritual atmosphere that I had when I was growing up. If I don't go to church, I get spanked. It was force feeding. But one day, June 3rd, 1973, one of the preachers came and I listened to the message that Jesus loves me and he has great plan for my life. And I found out he died for me, my sin. And I gave my life to him on that day. I became a child of God. My life is no longer the same. I hope that you experience that power of Jesus Christ in your life. I hope that you will experience what I have experienced. It is good to know who Jesus Christ is. It is great to have Jesus Christ on my side. Amen? Amen. We talked about this. Problem is not a problem anymore. When Jesus Christ is in you and with you and, and walking with you, problem is not a problem. It is the greatest, one of the greatest means and opportunity for you to experience the power of God through that problems. The one of the most sorriest, saddest person that I see in this world is billionaires who do not have any spiritual eyes to see who Jesus is. That money they have, the wealth and the power they have, it became a greatest hindrance for them to experience who Jesus is. It became a wall between them and God. Money, we envy people with money, right? We envy people that drives, you know, Ferrari and whatever, you know, the most one of the most expensive cars in this world. Boy, I wish I had that kind of car. But if you look at their lives, they're living a life, emptiness, loneliness, because of the wealth, and because of the power they have. They do not need God. Why? They think that money can do everything. There are many things that money cannot do. Right? Just think about that, right? Do not envy, do not compare yourself to other people who are heading toward the path of destruction. Satan, this is devil's 3Ds. This is what the devil does, does right now. 3Ds. Devil and 3D schemes. Number one, what does he do? He deceives. John chapter 8 verse 44 it says he is a liar from the beginning he was a liar and he is a liar and he will be liar and when he speaks he speaks nothing but lies that's why he says he's a father of lies 
First D, he is a deceiver. Know what Satan does. His schemes. Number one, he deceives people. He deceives you and me from the truth of the gospel. He put incorrect information to your ears. Okay, that's why there are so many people that falls uh, fall into a cult and false teaching. Why? Because Satan throws the lies into your eyes and and your ears, and they believe. Okay, some people move to Fiji because they think that Fiji is the island that there's not going to be a uh, uh, World War Three will take place. They sold everything. They divorced their spouse because they, the spouse said, that's crazy. Well, I'm not going to marry you. And then they divorced and they went to Fiji and waiting for God to come. Can you imagine? But when false teaching comes your eyes and your ears, they believe. That's what Satan does. He lies. You get deceived by the devil. That's why we need to read the word of God and be equipped with the word of God so that you can be able to discern okay tell the difference second thing he does what does he do he divide he divide you from your siblings he divide you he cause division among ourselves at home in church he is a professional divider. Okay? He does do well by putting lies and the wrong perception. Women don't have a wrong perception. Talk to your loved ones. Talk about it. Open your heart. Because the other person may have a totally different idea. Just because they behave certain way, do not assume. Assuming is very dangerous thing. Okay? Third thing is destruction. Okay? What does Satan does? His specialty is demol- demolition and destruction. Destroying your lives, destroying church, destroying family. Okay? That's what Satan does. What does Jesus do? Jesus, instead of he deceives people, Jesus gives you the truth. That's why John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way what next is the truth. He gives you the truth. The truth gives you power. Okay. Secondly Jesus reconciles family. He reconciles you to our Heavenly Father by dying on the cross. Reconciliation, that's the key characteristics of Christians. People say that I'm a Christian, but wherever that person goes, there's a division take place. He's not a true believer. He's the follower of and deceiver, deceived by the Satan. The, the true Christians they reconcile, they heal, they mend, they repair relationships. Thirdly, Jesus Christ gives you a life, 
not ordinary life. The same verse, John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10. What we used to be called. As two aspects. It says, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give you life. Not just the ordinary life, but I have to give you abundant life. Okay? Jesus Christ gives you abundant life. Not just spiritual, but physical as well. Okay? Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. Conclusion? Let us conclude. Do not be surprised when you face problems. The problems will be always there. It will be always, always, there is going to be, it's inevitable. Even Jesus Christ said, in this world, in this world, there will be problems. Amen? Do not be surprised as if you think that, wow, I have a problem. You, you and I will have problems. No, but know that God is greater than the problem. Right? God is greater than the problem. And God is nearer than what you think. He's in you. He's with you. He walks with you. Amen? Amen. Trust in Jesus. He's in control of your lives. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing blessing. Allow us to rethink twice, three times that Jesus is with us. Holy Spirit is in our heart and God is in control. We thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, the word of encouragement, word of strength. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Let us pray. Let us pray the uh, Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.